When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We have a great show for you tonight. With me in the studio is Angela Nato, and Angela is the president and CEO of CompuData, a business technology provider uh, here in Philadelphia, uh, founded by her father back in 1971. Um, so we're going to hear all about Angela and her journey. During the commercial breaks, you'll be hearing from our amazing watch team of on-air contributors, bringing you the latest information on your own health, finance, technology, leadership, and diversity. So uh, make sure you stay with us during the breaks. And our audience is continuing to grow. We love hearing from you. So please stay connected socially with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Women to Watch. And if you enjoy the show, you can help us by rating and subscribing to our podcast on Apple. Uh, simply visit womentowatch.net to sign up. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And now I'm very excited to welcome to the show Angela Nato, again, president and CEO of CompuData. Angela, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, Sue. It's very nice that you were close by, able to take a walk over and um, avoid the rain. Hopefully when you leave, it'll be the same. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Um, So you were born here in in the Philadelphia area, and your parents emigrated from Germany. And I think there's always a different experience as a kid if your um, parents were born here in in America or not, came from another place. So just to give our listeners a sense um, of your upbringing, talk about... Um, growing up with, with your mom and dad and, and how, you know, your dad started the company in the beginning. Okay. Well, my parents, I mean, I had a great idyllic childhood. Um, my parents are fantastic people. Uh, we weren't really wealthy. Um, my parents put a, 
a strong emphasis on education, so that was really big. My dad uh, put himself through night school, um, and one of the things they really wanted was to be able to pay for college for their children, which was able to do. Um, I think because they're European, they have a, a broad world view, so that is something that they tried to instill in their children. You know, I have my brother as well. Mm -hmm. And like I did my first solo trip when I was 10 years old. They put me on an airplane wow. to uh, to go visit Germany, to visit my relatives there. And by yourself? By myself. Wow. Um, so we were always raised to be very independent. I've tried to, to do the same thing with my children. I They have visited many places, many more than I have. Um, I've given them a lot of opportunities. My Youngest, my oldest went to uh, to Paris to take some classes at the Sorbonne when she was just in, you know, in middle school. Wow. The older, the younger one went to uh, Nepal and to um, to India, to Dharmasal, and to oh gosh, I can't even remember all the different places that she went to. Kids but she's going to go, to Cuba. I mean, she did a lot of different service projects and you wow. know, education things. I think it's good to have a good broad world view to see, yeah. you know what's not just the things that are in your backyard, but to see everything out there. Yeah. So you have two daughters that I do. you're mentioning your children and you do have two daughters and one did work with you at one time. She's no longer there. And you have a daughter um, who's uh, in neuroscience yes. and going on to study, get her MBA in Chicago. Is that not her MBA. She's um, she just uh, graduated from George Washington University and is now going for a master's uh, in, I guess, neuroscience in wow. uh, at University of Chicago. Wow. She has soon to be starting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, um, we were talking before the show, you know, about having two daughters and being in fields that are non-traditionally, you know, female centric. And um, I wonder, you know, do you have conversations with them as a CEO of a technology company um, kind of instilling in them, you know, you go do whatever it is your heart desires. Don't be held back by, you know, societal Bar barriers that have been in place. Of course, yes. Um, my older daughter, when she was looking at schools, you know, when you come in out of high school, you don't know a whole lot of about different things that are out there. I suggested to her, I said, why don't you try engineering? And she said, well, I don't know anything about engineers except that they drive trains. And lo and behold, <laughs> she took an intro to engineering class. She called me and she says, mom, I can't believe this. This is fantastic. And she went into engineering and she's now, um, my older daughter's working at a, a master's in data analytics engineering uh, down in D.C. where she lives. Wow. Wow. Um, so you graduated in 1982 yes. and you uh, graduated with a degree in economics and political science. What were your aspirations then prior to, you know, moving into technology? Well, I I guess I, I started I was in the honors program at University of Delaware and I thought, oh, I'll go be a doctor. And biology didn't really fit into my schedule my freshman year. So then I thought, well, that's not going to work. So <laughs> <laughs> so Delaware, University of Delaware is very known for chemical engineering. So I thought I would do that. And I was doing really poorly in chemistry class. And I had taken a, a fun class in political science. It was a, a high level, senior level class called constitutional law, which I sort of just took as my fun class. You know, you always take a fun class. And I was getting A's in it. And I was like, wow, I'm doing really well in this. Maybe I should rethink this. So I, I kind of moved towards political science as my major. And I think I I got tired of it being so theoretical all the time and never really having a right answer. It seemed like you were always debating and you never could come to conclusion. 
And mm. so I took some economics courses and really liked econometrics, which is what I went into when I first graduated, because you could build some statistical models and there were there were answers. I mean, even it, even though it was sort of predicting the future, you could use math and, and more scientific information to come to conclusions of things and to base your arguments. Yeah, that's so interesting. So that really taught you something about yourself, what you're drawn to more, you know, black and white yes. and facts mm-hmm. rather than kind of more philosophical Well, I like that. It was just too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so initially you did not want, you know, for the listeners, you took over your father's company. He founded it in, in 1971, and um, it was a 2010 that you stepped into, you, you were working there and then yeah. moved your way into the CEO role. Talk right. about I, that transition. Well, I, I had worked originally in econometrics, doing forecasting, mostly in automotive. My um, my company went through um, sort of a power play, I, I guess you would say, and I could have had a choice to move either to um, Los Angeles or Detroit. Neither of what sounded appealing to me. So I said, no, I wasn't going to do that. So I, I did some consulting for a while for Wharton Econometrics Forecasting Associates, and then I was having dinner with my parents, and my father said, oh, nobody can sell this software. And I said, well, I could do it. You know, I have a very high, strong opinion of myself. <laughs> and so I went ahead, and um, I thought a long time about going in there. I knew once you, once I said yes, I would work in his company, um, that would be a lifelong commitment. So he, I was a vice president uh, at my last company before I went to his, but of course I got way demoted um, because you have to earn your way up as the, you know, daughter of the boss. Mm. Um, so I was a, I started out just as a manager and eventually moved myself up through the ranks there as well. Um, we did have a, a, another person who was the uh, CEO, uh, Steve Charcello, who I knew from high school, and he unfortunately passed away. Yeah. And so then I took that position. <clears throat> We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. Stay with us. Uh, as we go into our break, you'll hear from Dawn Zier of Nutrisystem for our CEO Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. CEO Watch. Hi, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier here with today's CEO Watch. One of the biggest things people strive for is work-life balance. But is there truly such a thing? To be honest, I don't believe there really is. But I do believe in work-life integration and have seen an increasing willingness for companies to provide flexibility as to how one gets their job done. I remember early on in my career as a new mom and manager, I would respond to emails in the middle of the night long after my babies and my husband had gone to sleep. One morning, I was surprised to be asked by one of my colleagues, do you really expect us to answer you at 2.30 in the morning? We feel we always have to be on with you. I was taken aback and replied, of course not. I'm just doing what works best for me so I can find some semblance of balance as I try to manage my career and my family. With that simple sentence, all was understood, but it was an important lesson for me on communicating the why. I do think flexibility at work is an important aspect of work-life integration. Being able to take time off for important events, work your schedule so you can coach your kids, manage drop-off and pickups, and being able to work remotely at times enables us to be more productive on both the home and work front. And this requires that both the employer and employee be adaptable and flexible. Some weeks will be hectic, crazier than you ever could have imagined and consumed by work. But then other weeks will be lighter with time to focus more on family and other personal pursuits. For certain, it's a balancing act. 
My biggest piece of advice is to be present. When you're with your family, focus on them. When in a meeting, listen and participate. The 24-7 always connected mentality is both a blessing and a curse. So while I actually sometimes pride myself on five-minute response times, I also recognize that this often translates into my not being 100% present for those around me. This is something I'm aware of and working on because work-life integration requires constant attention, and for me, it's a work in progress. Thanks, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier here for CEO Watch. Have a great week. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. If you're just tuning in, I'm uh, having a wonderful conversation with Angela Nado, President and CEO of CompuData here in Philadelphia. And um, just before the break, you were um, telling us the story about the former CEO um, who passed away in 2010. And that was a very, very tough year for you. And, and I wonder if you can share with our listeners, you lost your husband that year as well. So a partner and, and your husband. Yeah, my husband uh, passed away suddenly in January. I was actually in California and my daughter's school called and said, nobody's picking her up. You know, and I'm like, well, I'm in California. She said, yes, we know uh, you told us that, but um, we want to go home. So I had to call a friend to go pick her up and my husband had passed away, you know, at home. Um, it was, I mean, it was devastating. Right. It was very sudden. And my business partner, uh, Stephen Charcello, he had, had had been fighting cancer for mm-hmm. seven years. He had been in remission, you know, a long time, and it came back very suddenly. And he passed away in October of 2010. Wow. So it was a year from hell. I don't know mm. if you can say that on the radio. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, it was it was a bad year. Um, I thought I kept it together pretty well. You know, I think that in the company, we sort of went on a, just keep all the customers happy and we'll just, you know, continue. And we didn't really take anything new on right away. And I thought it was, I was moving it forward, but I think it was just sort of in a holding pattern and it it took a while to come a little bit out of that. I think um, at least a year or two. Yeah. I wanted to ask you what you um feel you may have learned about yourself from that experience in how you uh, handled it and, and have managed to move on? Well, if the worst thing that can possibly happen to you happens to you, um, it changes your attitude about risk. Um, I think that at that point in time, you say, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it, it never can be as bad as this other thing that happened. And it helps you uh, take more initiative and do do things that you might have considered more risky earlier. I think Mm -hmm. I was really dead adverse in the beginning, and now I'm not so much that. Um, It has allowed me to move our company forward leaps and bounds since then because you're just a little bit more ready to take that, to take the leap. Mm. Yeah, I I, I think that, you know, you now have this uh, different outlook on life about really our lack of control, right? 
Um, you describe yourself as goal-oriented and competitive, and I can see and feel your confidence. First of all, did you, did you always have that? As a, as a little girl, were you confident? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no hesitation there. So let me ask you this then. When you um, perhaps don't reach a goal that you have your sights set on, do you cut yourself some slack or, you know? Well, there's always tomorrow. So I, you know, I, I make a lot of goals. I think sometimes I've been criticized that my my goals are too big. You know, people talk about big, hairy, audacious goal, goals, and I make those all the time. And if I don't make it today, it's still a goal to reach. You know, I don't have to reach it by a certain date. You know, I we just have to keep growing. Yeah. And we've been trying to grow the company a lot, which we have been have doing. Been. It's been very successful. Yes. Well. And it has been, you know, I've, I've read um, quite a bit about the company and you're just continuing to to grow and, and be prosperous with it. Let me ask you this. Your what what do you attribute your leadership style or what do you attribute the success from the company based on your leadership style? What do you think it is about you that really motivates your team? I think I see. And I'm not afraid to move on to the next thing. Like in technology, you can't always stay still. You have to move forward. And I believe that I'm a person who can move forward. And I, we have enough ideas. And I'm willing to put, uh, I guess, the money behind that, behind ideas of, of any of the staff, you know, moving ahead. I don't, I don't hold it against them if they fail, you know, so we can try things and move ahead. And I think that that's a good thing. I think you just need to keep moving forward. And your work, just so the listeners have a better idea, technology is such a broad term. It's true. Right? And um, you are a provider, business technology provider for small and mid-sized companies? Yes. Right? So elaborate on that a little bit in, in simple terms. Okay. Well, we provide, we, we're a reseller of software. So we resell what's called ERP software. Some people call it accounting software or um Depending on what your different uh, business is, it could be not-for-profit software or manufacturing software, distribution software. So it's something that's for your industry, but also does all the financials. Um, so that's one aspect of what we do. Another aspect is we do managed services. So we would handle all the computers in a company and make you know monitoring them for security, uh, so you don't get any viruses. We'll do the cloud-based backups and. You know, if something breaks, we'll fix it for you. If you have a problem, can't log in, we can help you with that help desk. Uh, and then our one of our newest areas is cloud-based hosting. Uh, it's one of the fastest growing areas for our business where we host people's software in a cloud. And we have a data center in Pennsylvania and we replicate out to Vegas. Um, so a lot of people aren't having things on their in their offices anymore in a closet um, they essentially want to put it up in the cloud and it frees up their IT resources. Um, they don't have to worry about all the hardware, about upgrading their hardware, compatibility, things like that. Okay, so this might be a silly question. Can, can anything happen to the cloud? I mean, we all um, understand having the ability to have information somewhere else is, is really to protect it. But, you know, are there any worries for a company business or an individual um, with well, our information there? We, I mean, every company is different if you're hosting. Um, we are very secure. We have heard some stories of people who put, um, they just essentially put a server out in the cloud and it's open to many people who can um, 
see all the data and they can get corrupted and get viruses. The way CompuData does it is everybody has their own individual area. And if somebody else gets attacked, it would never affect you type okay. of thing. And we back it up and we have constant monitoring. So yeah. it's it's pretty secure. Yeah. Because there's so much in the news about hacking. I mean, that's, you know, what people are always worried about. And I don't know. If you're a small to medium sized business, um, how much can you spend on security versus how much can the aggregate of people spend on security? So it's much better to be in the cloud because it's much more secure than you could be as an individual business. Yeah. Or your stuff sitting on a desktop. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to take another break. Um, I'm talking with Angela Nato, the president and CEO of CompuData. Stay tuned for Mar uh, Dr. Marianne Ritchie for our health watch and Terry and Maggie for your finance watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Health watch. For health watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Last week, I was out shopping with my son, Phil. At one point, we were in separate areas of the store. Suddenly, Phil sent an urgent text, 911 stat, front of store. I ran to the checkout counter and found a middle-aged woman lying on the floor. Phil and the store manager were kneeling next to her. Phil just graduated from medical school, and this mother-son doctor team was ready. Now, when someone falls, especially an older person, often it's not just from tripping. Maybe something internal caused a blackout first, then the fall. A simple faint. Maybe a new medicine caused low blood pressure and dizziness. Was it a seizure, a stroke, a heart attack, maybe internal bleeding or infection? Here are some basic steps to follow until help arrives. Ask the patient, are you in pain? What is your name? Get someone else to call 911-STAT and ask the patient for a family member to call. While talking to the patient, feel the pulse. They might be stable at first, but if they stop breathing or the heart stops, be ready to do CPR, chest compressions. Do not try to move the patient. Depending on the fall, they may have a head injury or spine injury. If you move them, you can make the injury worse. If they broke a bone, you can cause dislocation or increased bleeding. One thing you should do, turn the patient's head to the side. In this case, the patient was lying still, speaking softly, suddenly began to retch. We quickly turned her head and she vomited a lot. If a patient is facing up, it increases risk for choking and aspiration. Find a blanket or a coat. Keep them warm in case they're going into shock. Loosen tight clothing, a necktie, a belt, buttons on a shirt. You may need access to the chest for CPR. So divas, open your heart. Be a good Samaritan. Simple steps may save a fellow diva's life. Go Dr. Phil Phil. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth and you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. The Women to Watch, Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry, And this is Maggie. And we're from Fortis Wealth. Many of our clients are concerned about income when they retire. 
Not many employers offer a pension anymore, and Social Security generally replaces a low percentage of pre-retirement income. June is Annuity Awareness Month. What exactly is an annuity? Well, in the simplest terms, the purchaser provides money, either a lump sum or a series of payments, and an insurance company promises to pay that money back over time, plus interest gains. Lifetime annuities can protect against the risk of living too long and running out of money. Are they safe? The guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance carrier. With fixed annuities, there's no loss of principal due to market downturns, and they can provide guaranteed interest and lifetime income. But remember that it is a contract, and it's important to understand and abide by the rules for it to work as it is intended. That guarantee must come at a cost. Are there a lot of fees? There are fees that are reflected in the overall performance of the contract. They're not charged separately, and they are fully disclosed. Riders that offer additional benefits will usually involve an extra charge. There can also be surrender charges in the early years as they are meant to be long-term contracts. Isn't your money locked up permanently? Well, as mentioned before, they are meant to be long-term products, but sometimes the funds can be accessed under specific circumstances. It's important for you to have emergency funds and other liquid investments available before considering an annuity purchase. But what about taxes? Earnings compound tax deferred in all types of annuities until you start to take out money. But if they are owned by an IRA or other retirement plan, they offer no additional tax benefits, just the guaranteed income. Annuities are not for everybody, but they may offer you the confidence that your income will continue throughout your lifetime and possibly your surviving spouse's lifetime. The appropriate annuity for you depends on your unique situation and financial goals. As always, work with an advisor you trust to determine if this strategy is right for you. This is Terry. And this is Maggie. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Uh, Angela, you know, we, I don't rarely, or I don't ever have a, a woman in technology leader come on the show, and we don't talk about the barriers that have existed or perhaps still exist today. And I think everybody has a different point of view on what those are or how they've impacted their own journey. And um, so I wonder if you could talk about that. Have you had experiences along the way where as a woman in technology, you felt you were not treated fairly um, or were you just kind of head down doing your work and and being successful? Yeah, I'm kind of oblivious to that kind of stuff. I'm the kind of person who it doesn't really bother me so much what people think. I, I think it's more important what I think from what I'm doing for myself. Um, I don't really strangers and don't really impact me as much uh, as some other people. Um, but I have been in situations where I was the only woman. I we used to get belong to um, a lot of different organizations where I would be like the, the only woman in the room or one of only a few. Even now, though, I, I've gone to some things uh, and where your CEOs are together, mm-hmm. not necessarily just in technology, but other things. And I thought, oh, there's some different women in the room. That's great. And then when they get introduced, they're usually the support staff, the marketing people wow. who put it together. Mm-hmm. And there should be more women. Um, I'm a big proponent of um, bolstering women in entrepreneurship in general and then also in technology. I'm part of um, Alliance of Women Entrepreneurs. It's a great organization uh, based here out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, they have roundtables and women help each other with um, people who are founders of companies uh, or more established will help start up companies, you know, either get financing, give them advice, things like that. So that's always a good thing. And it's something that I really try to do to help bolster that. 
Um, there's also a group called Women in Technology, mm-hmm. um, Girls Who Code. I mean, there's just a lot there's of a different lot. Um, organizations that are trying to move women up in technology. I know when we hire within our company, um, I often hear, well, no women applied for the job. And I'm like, why? That can't be. You know, how? why is that? Um, just a lot of women don't necessarily go into technology, and I'm not really sure why. I have heard people, and I, I think this is a terrible thing, I've heard some mothers say, oh, you know, my daughter, you know, Sue or whatever, is not so good at math, but I wasn't very good at math, so that makes sense. And I'm like, you should never tell your daughter that. You know, you should tell them, I was an expert in this, in math, and you, if I could do it, you could do it, which is kind of <laughs> how I tell my children. Yeah. You know, you should never give them an excuse and say, you don't have to be good at this because of your, whatever, your sex or your biology or, or any of that. You should always have your children feel confident that they can do anything that they want. And I think nowadays... A lot of a lot of girls drop out of the STEM fields that they might be interested in in early years, and then they they drop off later. And it's more peer pressure than anything else. Well, I, I think yes, I agree with you. And I think one of the things that I think should be discussed more is the creativity that really is involved in technology. So that if a, a young girl is naturally creative and she thinks she's not good at math, there's much more to it than. Um, Number, just the numbers. Right. right. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's problem solving games and puzzles and things like that. Right. What will this program do for, you know, a certain area? Um, and, and so that creativity, I think, and it is hap- with all of the resources and organizations and initiatives going on, the messaging is getting there. I think it'll take some time to catch up. Yeah. Creativity. I, I agree with what you're saying. As technology moves f- forward from now, um, artificial intelligence, they call it, they say AI, is moving more and more into all these different industries. And anything that can be done in a repetitive mode, eventually AI will take over. And it's the creative things, the creative thinkers that it can't do. So far, mm-hmm. uh, a computer can't like just think of something out of nothing. And, um, and, individu- and people can do that. Right. So that's a really valuable skill. What you know, when uh, I think about you and after 2010, you were a single mother with two young girls, two daughters to raise. So what, um, how did you personally do it? You know, I, 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 I don't ever talk about work-life balance because I think we're all just, it's all life and sometimes you're working and sometimes you're at home. Um, but how did you manage to do that with two, two children? Well, my oldest was already in college. She was a freshman in college. So she was, um, that's where she was. So she was okay. The The second one was a little bit more difficult. She was in middle school and it was really hard. Um, a middle schooler doesn't want to feel different from anybody else. And all of a sudden, if, you know, all this attention is sh- shown upon you because you're you know, your father has died and now you're like weird or whatever, you know. Um, so that was something that was really hard for her to deal with. Um, for high school then, she did go to a, a, the George School, which is a Quaker boarding school, which is also where my older daughter went. And I still would see my daughter because it's not too far. It's in Newtown, PA. Um, but she could have the experiences of doing a lot of after school activities and things like that, uh, where if I was... I, there's no way that I could have come home to, you know, take her to all of those different um, activities and things that she wanted to do. She was very into theater. Um, so it, it worked out well for me to do it that way, to have support and help with right. um, with the school. Yeah. Um, 
So when we talk about technology, one of the things I often think about are, you know, the old days, the way things were before and, and you know, the simplicity of it. I'm wondering if there's any old-fashioned tools that you think still could and should apply in today's world of business. Well, when we started uh, CompuData way, way back when, it was a huge mainframe in a room. I mean, it only had 64K and it took an entire room. Uh, to have that much, just not much. You have more more power on your cell phone than you did in that room. But it was all time sharing. So essentially you would have one big giant computer and you would share that amongst many different companies to try to share the expense, which is kind of what cloud computing is now. So it's sort of going back almost into that, that same genre of computing that used to be way back in the early 70s. Okay. Uh, we're going to take one last break. And, and when we come back, I want to talk about what the, the greatest challenge is for you uh, as a CEO. Stay with us for Mary Manzo for your Tech Watch and Hanadi Shahabuddin for Diversity. This is the Women to Watch Diversity Watch. Diversity Watch. Peace be upon you all. This is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. I still remember the surprise party that my close friends threw for me few days before my wedding day. It was planned to perfection, from creating the right environment to the outfits, the activities, the food. Everything was exactly what I wished for. The best of gifts are the ones that are thought through with great dedication. This is called generosity. The time, effort and money spent to plan this great gift was so generous on behalf of my friends. Today's prophetic ethic is being generous, giving away time, effort, knowledge, or wealth that we have, expecting absolutely nothing in return. A study at the University of Zurich proved that generous behavior can actually give a person a happier life. The areas of the brain associated with generosity and happiness interacted more intensely in participants who chose to give money to others as opposed to those who chose to spend it on themselves. Even the thought of giving to others stimulated that area before the actual act of giving. Spending time with a lonely person, sharing a personal story that inspires others, offering a meal to a homeless person, all of these acts of kindness are forms of generosity. The best kind of charity, Prophet Muhammad said, is the charity we give away when we are in good health and close-fisted, meaning giving away when we feel we're better off sparing that item counterintuitive, but it works wonders. Quote, the example of those who spend their wealth in the cause of God is that of a grain that produces seven spikes, with a hundred grains in each spike. God multiplies this manifold for whoever he wills. End quote. A generous offer from the most generous in chapter two in the Quran, the one who created a beautiful world that is so pleasant to look at and enjoy such generous gift to his creations. Don't forget to connect with me on HanadiSpeaksOut.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives. And her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso, partner and CEO of Pathways Consulting Group. Our focus is delivering world-class enterprise service management solutions, or ESM for short. 
Although ESM affects every role in every organization, people always ask me, what is ESM? Simply put, it's automating the process by which any request in your company is submitted, approved, and fulfilled. Here's an example. Suppose your company hires a new employee who needs a laptop on day one. It seems simple enough, but actually this one request involves HR, the hiring manager, IT, finance, procurement, shipping, and receiving. A lot needs to happen for this one seemingly simple request to get fulfilled. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Every day your company is bombarded with simple requests. What ESM does is streamline, standardize, and automate all these requests in the cloud, simplifying what would otherwise be a complex process. It's all handled behind the scenes, so you and your coworkers aren't bogged down by the details. It's a little bit like ordering a pair of shoes on Amazon. You, as the consumer, just click a few buttons, and a day later, those perfect shoes show up at your door. This process is simple and quick, right? But under the hood, way more is happening. Your order is getting processed by buyers, the warehouse, the shipping department, and probably a whole bunch of other departments. The beautiful thing with Amazon is that you, as the consumer, don't have to deal with any of the back-end workflow. You just get the shoes you wanted so you can focus on your night out. It's the same thing with enterprise service management. Whether it's getting a laptop, hiring a new employee, aligning your entire project portfolio, or any of the countless tasks performed every day in every department, ESM is a cost-effective way of simplifying and satisfying all your company requests quickly and efficiently so you can focus on doing your job. If this sounds like a challenge you want to solve, I'd love to share how we've helped our clients improve service delivery while lowering costs by leveraging ESM applications like ServiceNow. I can be reached at mary at pathwayscg.com. I'd love to hear from you. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you so much for joining us for another week of Women to Watch. I'm talking to Angela Nado, the president and CEO of CompuData. And um, I wonder, there, listen, as a CEO of a technology company, and how many are on your team? Over 50? 44. 44. That's a, that's a lot to manage. What comes to the, your mind if I ask you what's the toughest thing you face on a day-to-day? What's the greatest challenge? Oh, that's a or, c- or could it change daily, I guess, depending on what's happening? But I what a, do you I struggle have... with as a, you know, what's hard for you as opposed to what you enjoy and are good at? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I have a really good team that helps with, um, with things. I, I guess I struggle with procrastination. That's a big thing. Mm. You know, that's sort of a personal issue. I think I've had that all my life. I don't like to do things, and I kind of wait till the last minute, and then I get it all done real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that works for. I know someone uh, is the procrastinator, and they do. You know, they thrive in that last minute under pressure. Right. I, I, I think that's me. So that's probably one of my, my biggest flaws. Um, I, I don't know what I really struggle with. It's, uh, I really like what I do. I mean, some days you can hate it. You know, you're just like, oh, this is awful, you know. But really, when it comes down to it, I really love it. You know, I, I wouldn't give it for anything. Um, I think there was a lot of people who thought I wouldn't do well at it um, when, you know, my partner passed away because um, we were kind of a team. And yeah. that was something I was really used to for a while, uh, having a big sounding board. And then for a while I was by myself and I, I looked outside at different outside um, groups to help me to be my sounding boards. But I think I've kind of developed a team now internally uh, that helped me with that, you know, to move forward. I 
I guess one of my biggest challenges is I'm pretty blunt, you know, when I talk to people and I think I need to be a little bit less blunt. And <laughs> so it's a challenge sometimes in communicating. Um, you know, I, I want to do it in an appropriate way. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you have future dreams for the company, something other than what you're producing now? Well, we're growing. We've changed the model of the company uh, from a very transactional type company to a recurring revenue company. So that's great. Um, I Again, when I took over as CEO, I had to worry about the money and I, that was uh, that I hated. That was oh, terrible. Really? So uh, so instead what we build it recurring. So every month just sort of builds upon each other. So each month is a lot easier than last month um, as you're you know growing and hitting these numbers. Um, but we just started to add some additional areas. We, uh, as of yesterday, hired, um, or maybe it was Monday, hired um, somebody to start a new team for us to try to build some independent IP that we could resell, again, on a, as a SaaS-based product, right. uh, recurring revenue. So that's exciting. Um, we're building up um, our customer success team. That's another new sort of area for us to focus on. Um, we used to be more reactive, you know, as people would call in with issues and problems. And now we're more proactive uh, going out um, to visit clients and being more of an advisor, um, sort of, you know, digging into what it is that the why that they want something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes somebody will mm -hmm. tell you, oh, I need this. But if you ask them why, 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 mm. why, it turns out really maybe that isn't the best thing that they should have. They should have something completely different. And if you're not the kind of company that asks those why questions, you really do the customers a disservice. Mm. So Yeah, you know what? Our ability to really engage and connect with customers today is a huge advantage and different from years ago. Yes. Are you actually um, participating in social media? What kind of social engagement do you do? Um, with current customers or to get the attention of new? Yeah, I mean, CompuData has uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and those types of things in social media as well. Um, I do it myself as, as well, I, I but probably ask, yeah. not enough. I probably should focus more on it. There was sometimes, I, I, like if I wasn't uh, CEO of CompuData, I think my next career would be as a writer. I like to write. Oh, really? I think I think my communication style is more in writing, um, never, never was the orator, you know, which is why it's so weird that I'm on radio. Um, <laughs> You're doing a wonderful job. Oh, okay, thanks. But, um, but more of a writer. Like I, I can. That's something that I can do. Well, I think so. as the CEO, I think sometimes it's more beneficial for the messaging to come from you, right? But I agree. Yeah. But we don't want to be just the company that just revolves around one personality. We're a company that's supposed to transcend me, so that when I I'm out of the picture, you know, then uh, the company will go on. Yeah. And it will have its own, it has its own personality. Right. Are you looking to um, purposefully hire women? We try to hire women. I mean, I, I like, I think diversity is great, mm -hmm. not just for women, but Correct. for all diversity. Yes. I think it, um, it's been well proven that teams of diverse people have m many better ideas than people of all the same background. Right. So we do look for that. That's really important to me. I wish we did even a better job at it. Um, I don't think our percentage of women is as high as it should be. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, you know, to find them if they're not out there. So it kind of it's this circle of starting with little girls when they're young to, right. to expose them to why it's so interesting and cool, right, to mm -hmm. go into STEM, and then there'll be more to, to choose from. 
Um, have you had any experiences as a woman um, in technology where you remember an incident? And if so, how did you handle that? Because there are those moments where women are in a, a situation, a conversation that doesn't feel right. And, and sometimes they struggle with how to handle it. I I can't think of one personally that, that has come to me. Um, my daughter, who was an aerospace engineer, had a little bit different um, experiences. Um, people were um, a little very negative towards uh, women engineers at that time at the company that she was in. It was only a few years ago. I, I thought there would be no way that this could happen. Right. But they were saying things like, I can't believe they allow these women to wear pants. I mean, even something like that. <laughs> I mean, it was weird. And... Um, and a lot of derogatory comments, and it was a very difficult uh, for her uh, to exist there. And eventually, I guess HR comes and tries to make that better. Um, but for me personally, I really haven't experienced a lot of that. I, if maybe it happened, and I just didn't pay attention. Which know? is a good way. There's that's a good way to handle. It. Ignore yeah. it, right? Yeah. Ignore it. That is surprising, though, that that. What happened to your daughter just a few years ago? That seems very extreme, that comment. I know, I know. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you. We just have a few minutes left. Um, what are you doing when you're not working? Um, well, I just moved into the city, which I really love. Um, I like to go out with friends. You know, I moved into the old city area here, and there's lots of different restaurants around. I I, I want to try every single one. Yeah. Um, oh, God, have a nice glass of wine and, and uh, relax. Um, you know, just explore the city. I I like art um, in a variety of different ways. I'm an avid theater goer. I probably spend a lot more money than I should on theater. I always buy the full price tickets to help support um, get both, the front seat. Yeah, well, row, yeah, rather. always, always good seats. Um, <laughs> I, I go to uh, a lot of shows, at, like Broadway type shows, but also uh, more independent theater and smaller plays and productions. Um, I, I even go to comedy shows. I just saw Trevor Noah down at the Met. Oh. That was he was really good. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah. So I, I do that. I also like artwork. Um, you, you mentioned, uh, I had read that you and your husband owned an art gallery yes, in Old did. City yes. years ago. That was so long ago in the early 90s. In fact, he w they were one of the original galleries that started First Friday, oh. um, which is now you know an institution almost down in Old City where every Friday, um, Friday first Friday of every month, they have um, big galleries are open at night and you know people can come out and walk this you know walk around. Yeah, so um, nice. But yeah, we we have a I have a lot of artwork um, which I collect. I like this came from um, the the listeners can't see it. That's beautiful. I've been kind of distracted by it. the necklace Angela is wearing is really unique. Yes, I I bought that through um, the one of the Philadelphia Craft Show. Oh, or yeah. I also go to the Smithsonian Craft Show. I like to support craft artisans as well. So I, I really like art and beautiful things. Uh, You're well-rounded. Technology, yes, all art, those things. music. Yeah, I, like yes. to, I used to live in the woods, you know, outside <laughs> in Medford. So I like the woods and canoeing. And yeah. so. Well, listen, I congratulate you on the success of the company. Thank you so much for joining me today. All right. To thank share you your so story. much for having me. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT. Thank you so much to my sponsors and contributors for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title. Have a great week, everyone. Paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.
A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.